electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning and welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber with Jim Cramer and we are live from the New York Stock Exchange. Carl has this morning off. Let's give you a look at futures as we get ready to start another week of trading deep into the summer. Back from two weeks of vacation. Yes, and we're looking up. All right, let's get to our roadmap this morning. It does start with that big bill. Uh, the Senate narrowly passing what is a sweeping climate and economic package. What are the implications? SoftBank unveils a $23 billion quarterly net loss. That is its largest ever. A lot of it's on paper, of course. But Masa Sun, who runs it, says they're, quote, in defense mode. And amongst other stocks, we're keeping an eye on Palantir. That's uh, down in the pre-market. Uh, it's uh, outlook. Uh, was not good. Both misses on growth and other metrics they're and, measured by. NVIDIA just pre-announced the downside. NVIDIA just pre-announced? pre-announced the downside. Okay, big. I'm going to give Jim Very a big. minute to process NVIDIA. Um, do that. Um, let's also, though, get to the climate bill, of course, because it, it, it's going to have big implications. We're talking about climate, health, taxes. Passed by the Senate yesterday after a marathon overnight session, Vice President Kamala Harris broking, uh, broke the tie vote uh, by, of course, making it 51-50. All the Republicans uh, were against. Highlights of the legislation include funding to tackle climate change, boost clean energy. Medicare is going to now be able to negotiate drug prices for the first time on certain drugs beginning in 2026. Also, there'll be a cap on insulin prices for Medicare patients. That's at 35 bucks a month. Also, the bill raising revenue through a number of things. Minimum 15% tax on large corporations, plus a 1% tax on stock buybacks. The bill is now headed to the House. It is expected to pass, in fact, very soon, uh, and then will be signed most likely before the end of the week by the president. Jim, just, you know, give me a quick take on on this, the implications are broad. We can see some solar stocks that are up. We assume uh, EV makers, there's no more cap anymore right. on on uh, on tax credits. There used to be 200,000. After that, you weren't able right. to. And battery so for Tesla America. and GM now beneficiaries once again. Right. Um, and on and on. Wind and solar for uh, electricity generating companies. Big tax. Yeah. Uh, uh, look, I think that first. The cynicism, because they call it the Inflation Reduction Act, they should call it climate control, then it would have a lot more gravitas. I think people are just immediately seizing on that and questioning whether that was what it's about, although you did mention the tax on buybacks, which is going to hurt, uh, really, really hurt some of the tech companies. David, what I think this is, I, I got to put two hats on. One, who, someone who's given away more land than I own in order to be able to preserve land. I'm thrilled about this. I think it's great. It's the beginning of what we should be doing, long hoped for. Although I prefer to tax on carbon. I know you would. Yes, I think uh, putting a a real price on carbon in a significant way, many people, certainly certainly in the energy industry, but broadly speaking, think that would be a very positive 
It almost happened in the early part of Obama's term. Yes, it did. Came, and then it didn't. And I think many people look back on that as a real failure. But yes. That said, this is about incentives here. This is not, you know, um, you change behavior to a certain extent, you're going to be rewarded. Right. And there, let's give a specific. For instance, there's an incentive worth $3 per kilogram for hydrogen. All right. So you think, you know, it seems like kind of, well, what is that for? Well, we have not been able to develop in our, in our country a substantial green energy uh, way to be able to do things. And this will help. I mean, look, I, I have been a supporter of Plug Power, but they've repeatedly not been able to break through because it's not commercial. This could make things more commercial. And that's what I think is happening. There's a lot more things that are more commercial. If you're going to make batteries in this country, it's more commercial. On the other side is, is that we have, I'll give you an example that, that something I was working on. They expanded IRS, right? 88,000 new people. Well, where are they going to get these people? You have to have an accounting degree and you have master's, typically a BA. We all know that our country is short-staffed when it comes to certain positions. In other words, that that's, yeah. where the, that's where the inflation is. So you get, it's, a inflation, it's an inflationary bill in some ways. But I, I think well, that in the end... And they are, they're not going to hire all 88,000 no, they can't hire all 88, It's going to take them some time and, to staff and up. And then when but. I look at the top 10 drugs for Medicare, well, I mean, almost every one of them that we look at right now are going off patent, so they're not really going to be impacted. It's not so, until 26. Right, not until 2026. Place. So but overall, that's a... That's a big change for the government. Having the government be able to big negotiate. Big change. Republicans have fought that for years. Yes. A lot of what happened here is rep- things that the Republicans have fought for years. They were just shut out. It was a one-party bill. Uh, Manchin and then, <laughs> then a few other people, right? Well, and how and Manchin Cinema folded, came in to save carried interests is just Which is just incredible. I, mean, I, I had a lot of friends who said, listen, I would give up. If they just gave up the inflationary title, I would indeed give up. Do you think, Jim, that a 1% tax on stock buybacks is going to have any impact on companies as they think about a buyback? I mean, so a $5 billion buyback, you're going to pay $50 bucks to the government. It, no, I think that what that is, is that like Medicare, people feel once you open the door to that, well, then maybe it's going to be a 5% tax. And what's interesting is the initial... Uh, reaction is really about what's going to happen, not what is happening. 1% doesn't matter. How about it goes 5%? Medicare, when we always thought that only, the only people who could negotiate for the government are the VA. Right. Now it's Medicare. So, uh, so this is a, a bill that if I were a Republican uh, operative, I would say we got to sweep the Senate, sweep the House, and get the White House because the, otherwise this is the law of the land for as long as we can sit. Yeah. Um, on the climate stuff, again, the largest commitment made to try to bring down, uh, you know, to actually um, reduce by what could be as much as 40 percent emissions reduction. There's going to be penalties for methane emissions, something I went into in great detail in a documentary. But you did. You have many. ExxonMobil has no interest in having any methane emissions, so I would doubt that they are particularly concerned about right. that Incredible. It's element a farmer. It. Remember, you have a farmer yep. uh, tax incentive. And the company that has done the most in this, and doing some checking with this week, is Chevron. Right. Because Chevron is using methane from farmers. So that does present that. There's also some carbon capture. Because cows are obviously the worst methane Manchin producers. got some carbon capture tax credits in there. But how about the know, fact that Manchin using capes. it to help You're right. oil and gas, but you, you can actually still benefit if yes. you can capture carbon. But Manchin was going to uh, put something in that was really pro-pipeline. And he, what he did was he got a promise to do it. It could be an empty promise because it is this summer. I don't know when they're going to do, find it do it. But, yes, David, like I said, if you are uh, an environmentalist, you got to feel good about this bill. 
Yeah. And, and the NRDC, all, everybody, National Conservative, all the outfits that I used to give to before we were told we're not supposed to be giving anything. They're all, we'll say the winners. Well, they don't want me. Give, they don't want me lobbying for anything. That's, that's no. fine. Well, you're, I, you're I'm not allowed supposed to give to, to things like that, aren't you? Not, maybe not candidates, but. I don't know. I don't know. I, the ones that are political now. Got it. But I like your combo. You like this as Hermes? Uh, all right, we got to move on to NVIDIA. Jim mentioned it at the very top of the show because they put a press release out. And Jim, I'll go through some of the highlights and let you uh, take the rest here. The stock, let's take a look because I think it is looking down, NVIDIA. Substantially. Down almost and my chapel trust knows it. it's not down percent. enough, candidly. It does appear, I mean, I'm looking myself. here at the release. Data center revenue, though a record, was somewhat short of the company's expectations as it was impacted by supply chain, chain disruptions, not by their own. Uh, the shortfall relative to May um, outlook primarily attributable to lower sell-in of gaming products, reflecting a reduction in channel partner sales likely due to macroeconomic headwinds. In addition to reducing sell-in, the company implementing pricing programs with channel partners to reflect challenging market conditions that are expected to persist in the third quarter. So, a AMD did not highlight gaming. NVIDIA historically has been more gaming. That's really their, their essence. Uh, I'm not saying this is disastrous because the stock's multiple has shrunk, 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 shrunk. I am saying that it's a reminder that gaming was very much a COVID phenomenon and all the gaming stocks have come down, but that Activision Blizzard, which is definitely being hurt by the same subject, is getting bought by Microsoft. Take two reports this week. Let's see what they say. But NVIDIA, this is... I would say this is a clearing event for NVIDIA. NVIDIA is now going to be viewed as an industrial company. Right. And that's what NVIDIA is, industrial and, and obviously data center. But this is not, I mean, listen, I'm... Listen, we got a pre-announcement this morning from NVIDIA letting us know because they weren't, they're not releasing until later in the month, August this 24th, is very, I mean, it's I think, a huge that NVIDIA they are fan. going to be short of right. expectations. Why it's, today? It's unclear to me. Well, as the, no, I think that just they, they looked at it and said, right. wait a second, you know, we're more than... 10% off, we got to say something. As someone who named his late dog NVIDIA, obviously, and, and close to NVIDIA, this hurts. And the fact that it's only down 12 is a little chimerical. I, in my charitable trust owns it, I fully expect it to be down 20. I hate but to, to talk your point, myself. the stock has not exactly been. A, I mean, it's, it's one of the worst stocks right. in the in the S&P. Right. So it's like, let, you know, can we just own the fact that it was at, at 750 billion, but right now it's still 400 billion. And again, my travel trust owns it, but it's questionable. That Does it, it have a broader impact on the markets? We came in uh, nine o'clock there, looking as though we were going to have a fairly strong well, it's, open. It's, gym. it's a big part of the of the uh, different indices. But also, when they say something along the lines of um, gaming and macroeconomic headwinds, well, that's that not would supposed seem to happen. To have a kind of a broader implication. Right, that's not supposed to happen. We've been yeah. insulated. Now, remember also data center, they seem to say, is still strong, supply chain. Yes, they but out it's a macro supply chain problems. Is NVIDIA is supposed to have no macro. NVIDIA is supposed to be secular. It does say that the macro headwinds, the macro headwinds are hitting it, everything. Now, Texas Instruments had a great quarter. Uh, NXP was auto. Uh, Micron's up substantially, fund it reported. So it's not all bad. Qualcomm, by the way, is 5G. They're doing well. Right. But gaming, David is just so old. It's so yesteryear. Uh, Colette Kress, who we both know, of course, is the terrific. CFO. And I've got calls except them when it, Except when it came to us, her assuring us that they were actually going to be successful in buying ARM. Okay, not everybody's perfect. <laughs> 
Joey what is Brown. this, Some Like It Hot? It's Joey Brown, Some Like It Hot. She wasn't I'm perfect there. I'm stunned by this. Are you kidding me? I'm stunned she by this. She wasn't perfect there and, no. and all the I'm reasons why she told in, us that, that they were going to be able to succeed in, in buying ARM. Uh, we'll get to SoftBank, I, by the way, in a bit. Let me just finish. Should she, be my guest. She quote, her quote here, though, is, we believe our long-term gross margin profile is intact. We've slowed operating expense growth, balancing investments for long-term growth, managing near-term profitability. They do plan to continue stock buybacks. But uh, as they say, they still the see reset. strong cash generation. It's the reset that we like, and it's the reset. Remember, this this stock was at 346. Okay, so it can go to 160. Uh, but I think that gaming is something, David, that we don't talk enough about because now we're going to have DoorDash on the show. Yes. Um, the the change in patterns of working from home and doing things at home and playing video games at home have changed dramatically, and we don't talk about it enough. The Malcolm Gladwell article. We don't. What, we get just, back to the office. Yeah, we just sit around in our pajamas and, and do nothing. Well, well, you don't, and I don't. I come to work. Yes, you do. Every day you come to play. Uh, that's because I like to wear a suit. If I wear a suit, what do I do at home? Uh, I did stop kind of wearing a suit, but you've commented on that enough well, that David, our viewers I mean, know too. Do you wear Wrangler or do you wear Levi's? These are very high end. Very high end. I oh, then it must know. be the Levi Special, the yes. five zero whatever. They're <laughs> worth like millions of dollars in Mexico. Jeez, did you read that book? Uh, it's a terrible book. No, I've been reading a different book. What are you reading? Ministry for the Future. Ministry for the Future? Yeah. Science fiction, climate I'm change. I'm reading about the past. I'm reading about Chernobyl, midnight. Really? Yeah, F- fantastic. The Russians can be beat. Good it's just know. that Jake Sullivan's got to, you know, he's... The Jake National Sullivan's Security Advisor, Jake he is, Sullivan. You know, yes. He's very quiet about what we're doing over there. So, and everybody's quiet. Ukraine, we haven't talked a lot about the no, war lately. That uh, was right. where Chernobyl was. We got a lot of other things to talk about. Of course, we'll be coming back to NVIDIA a number of times, I would expect, over Repeatedly. the next hour. We'll keep an eye on shares of that. I mentioned ARM, though, and that's still owned by SoftBank. Uh, that stock's not down, but, man, it was not a great quarter for that company. And as Jim just mentioned, we will have that exclusive as well a bit later in the hour. DoorDash uh, CEO uh, Tony Shu is going to join us. His company is coming off a quarter with record food delivery. So let's give you another look at futures. We get started here in about 16 minutes. We'll be back right after this. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with P. Jim, a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Uh, again, we're going to keep a close eye on shares of NVIDIA with a, a pre-announcement this morning. But we mentioned as well, remember, NVIDIA was in a deal to buy ARM Holdings from SoftBank. Didn't happen. Regulators said, no, thank you. 
stopped. Arm is still owned by SoftBank, and I mentioned that this morning. Stock's looking okay, Jim, even though they had just a horrific quarter in How part because, working? of course, of the, well, the performance of their investments. So you're marking them to market. Many of them are now public companies at this point. Is it, again, the um, same thing as NVIDIA, like the stock has been bad? That's not a, right. Yes. So oh, you mean in terms of SoftBank not reflecting yeah. what was a 20, yeah, a huge loss, so to speak, um, down 16 billion in, thir- in three months. That's March 31st to June 30th. By the way, things have rebounded a bit. We know July was obviously much stronger. Um, right. Um, but Masa Sun is sounding a very defensive tone. Uh, do we have this? We can read it from uh, from. Um, their uh, comments this morning, of course, having to do with, uh, with the quarter, where Masa said Vision Fund headcount may need to be reduced dramatically, not only the Vision Fund, but corporate-wise, since we've been seeing a huge loss. Um, he also talked about being in defense mode, essentially, even with, Jim, uh, you know, what he says may be some opportunities. Take a listen. We are in a defense mode. Um- the world is still very volatile. Uh, the inflation is still severe. Interest rate is uh, going up. In the difficult time, um, we kept on uh, divesting our asset. Uh, we reduced the new investment. Uh, we now have a much more uh, managed uh, conservative approach in terms of new investment. Of course, SoftBank is still the largest of all of them out there when it comes to investments in private companies. Right. They sent the valuation soaring. DoorDash, of course, still one of their larger uh, positions. Um, Uber, they've gotten out of to a large extent, but there are so many other names that people know well. Good. Yeah, they went for operating cash flow. They talked about moving the goalposts. Yeah, I saw there. that. So it was very positive. Look, look, David. I think that one of the things that's really happened. You and I both think of tech as as more secular growth. In other words, it's not really impacted by the economy. This has been a very jarring quarter for those, whether it be for Meta, whether it be for Alphabet, okay, Netflix. They all are saying, listen, the, we're really being impacted. And yet in, unemployment is incredibly low. Yes. So why are they being impacted? Wages are higher. Now, you could say that, Jim, inflation is running ahead of wages. It's such a difficult time to try to figure things out, Jim. It's been two weeks since you and I have even had a conversation about the market. So just bring me up to date. Talking in SoftBank, with this news we have this morning from NVIDIA talking about macroeconomic headwinds, off of that huge print on jobs on Friday, to your point, and wage growth, and an unemployment rate that's as low as it's ever been. I think that there's been a tremendous decline in commodity prices that people don't want to talk about, but they're horrible. Whether it be copper, whether it be aluminum, whether it be steel, of all grades. We, we saw that last week has been decline in ad revenue. You know, re- there's decline in spend by yes. all companies in order to make up for the fact that there's decline at the top line. Uh, but there's a hope that the Fed is going to be finished, and that is what's driving stocks. Now, I think if Jay Powell looks at this bill, and looks at the so-called semiconductor bill, he'd be nuts not to do three-quarters intro meeting because Cong- he needs to do a shot across the bow to Congress. You can't just keep doing this. In I mean, terms inflation of reduction is spending not. Money. Well, the Inflation Reduction Act has been marked as a deficit reduction. Well, I mean, $300 billion, I believe, well, over time, right? 
Right, but I think I, I got that number. I, I am skept, I'm skeptical of that. Let's put it that way. I'm not saying they're liars. I'm skeptical. Mm-hmm. But J-PAL should be looking at that number on Friday. And I had not advocated this before, but I'm glad you're back to talk about it. I think the unemployment number was so high that the Fed really does need to, need to step up. And I thought the or Fed the employment number up. was so high. The employment right. number. Yeah. Because, David, it, it's just we can't be this hot without it, without endemic wage inflation. And we can't right. have that. But when I hear you say that, Jim, that's not necessarily constructive for the market, even though we came in no, today with it's it up. Not. And by the way, we still look like we're going to open higher in nine minutes I thought we now. would open down. I mean, last night we were going over the bill for what the little that we know, because suddenly that bill, that bill was little secret, I'd say. But uh, futures were down. I thought that was right, because I don't think there's that capitalism wins in this bill. Capitalism loses. But like I said, if you're an environmentalist, you have to be amazed that, that Congress is able to do something. But yeah, yeah we, you're right. Yeah. There was no, nothing positive on your way other than, say, a short squeeze in a lot of stocks and definitive decline in commodity prices, including the big one. Yeah. Oil. Oil. Um, so many right. other things to talk about from a news perspective. We've got Pfizer doing a fairly large deal. We've got a large LBO by Vista, $8.4 billion. Change at the top unexpectedly at Carlisle. So I'm going to get to all those. But first, we're going to have a mad dash with Jim as we count you down to that opening bell. Stay with us. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Right, this is going to be a focus for us uh, this morning. We've already talked a good deal about it. NVIDIA pre-announcing a uh, company was expected is still going to give us earnings uh, later in the month. But uh, revenue shortfall, uh, gaming and macroeconomic headwinds are what were cited. We'll have a lot more on that and the broader market right after this. All right, let's get to uh, Jim's Mad Dash, and then we'll get to an opening bell. Yeah. I want to talk a bit about Whirlpool. They do a $3 billion deal buying a, a unit of, uh, of Emerson's that is the largest manufacturer of food waste disposers and instant hot water dispensers. Well, I mean, I've got an incinerator at home. That's not anti-environmental. I'm not in New York City. But I will tell you that the interesting thing is that they're saying this is accretive, accretive to margins. Uh, I have wanted them to continue to buy back stock. They're not saying that they'll stop. But, David, they have a European property that is being put for sale. And the Europeans wouldn't, I think they'd okay if LG bought it. They'd be okay if Samsung bought it. So what we're looking at is perhaps this is the prelude to the sale of what's in Europe. Now, you happen to have... uh, You have a Bitzer on. I believe we're going to have... So you've got to ask him... Tell me. Where yeah. is how are they doing a European sale, okay. and how he's sure that this is that this is uh, accretive, given the fact that I don't know how they can get the part. This is the kind of thing where I don't know how you get the parts. 
what thing? Supply chain, the integrator itself. Oh, really? Yeah, because like everything's so backed up that has I to know. do with the home. I know. We will talk to uh, Mr. Bisser about supply chain as well. Something right. he's well, talked to you about. Yeah, because uh, he Mark, was on. I believe he was on with you in April. He is so good that I am insanely jealous that he's not on Mad Money. No, just kidding. He should come on immediately after his conference call. This is a very yeah, big move. Let's see what he has to say. Now, so remember, this turns into much more of a growth company and less of a, what I regard, not a runoff like Adam Jonas and sold at Ford and GM by saying they're just ice runoffs. But I think it's great that, that he's taking an aggressive posture to own more of the home. By the way, David, you miss Amazon buying um, iRobot, which is another company that's take, trying to take control of the home. Yeah. Now, I, I have a problem. I, I talked to Alexa this week, uh, last week, what about happened? put on the chef. Yeah. Alexa then played the chef music in the kitchen, and he told me, I'm worried that if I say, Alexa, clean my room, I mean, it could just be a tornado. Could be. Get that iRobot from going, and who knows? All right, there it is. Started trading here at the NYC. And, uh, Everywhere else. Here at the big board, quantum computing company D-Wave celebrating its first day of trading. That after it combined its back with DPMC Capital. All right, over to the NASDAQ online tech care marketplace, Rover. Now, uh, please come over. Now, uh, Gina Francola, who does fantastic work for us, yes, doesn't get really great, enough credit, amazing put out a piece last week to me about the SPAC performance versus the S&P. Let's just say that every tub is on its own bottom. Perhaps this SPAC is different. But you would not invest in SPACs if you looked at her work, which I'm trying to promote because it's so unbelievably eye-opening. Yeah, all you need to do is look at our good old SPAC indexes to get a sense. But Jim, I want to, I want to move on quickly because the market, uh, broadly speaking, we got the S&P. Shrugging off there, NVIDIA. There gives you a sense. 44 cents NVIDIA. in the dollar once you do a deal. It's horrible. No, I'm sorry. Um, I mean, we're out here and just so people... S&P's up. NASDAQ is up. NVIDIA is down almost 8%. Just so people know, I mean, when news happens, and you and I talk about this, like, we're like on air. Yes. And I am frantic to get more color in NVIDIA. And I just am afraid to say that all I have is what's in the release. Okay. But the release itself uh, is the prelude to the change in NVIDIA, I think. And I welcome it. Because being involved with, first, they were, two years ago, Ethereum, which then hurt them, gaming... Gaming it has become as as we saw from from uh, Best Buy. Best Buy thought that the gaming cycle wouldn't end for another year, but Corey Barry said that the gaming cycle is already kind of run its run its course, which is why that stock yields 4.5. David, the gaming cycle has reverberated through the economy because I believe very much that it was a stay-at-home. And people are not staying home at the same level. Right. They're calling people back. Even the places where August was supposed to be uh, less intensive, mm-hmm. people are being called back, particularly in the middle of the country. So uh, gaming, I think, has seen its, let's say it's uh, high noon. It's pretty much seen everything. Well, I, mean, I don't the, want to own any that's game. A, that's a question, you know, across the board for any number of uh, different well, that's services, why I wanted you, so to speak. That's why I wanted you to know, ask you about Microsoft's curious acquisition of Activision Blizzard, where that is. You call it curious? No. Well, it's because I think if they were to buy it now, they'd pay much less. They would pay less. There's no doubt. The same way that Elon Musk would probably pay less for Twitter. If wow. He was, if he had to buy it. But he wants now. a debate. Um, Parag- I mean, Paragraph, I think, was like asking my wife at a dinner, like, you know, what's with this guy? I mean, it just becomes more and more difficult to fathom what is with Musk. And yet Twitter shares have moved up nicely. 
as uh, we get closer. But We're still a ways away. October 17th Harrod? is when the trial have begins the in CEO? Delaware. There's the latest, by the way, uh, Musk, you know, challenging. No, but he, wants, he wants to duel this him. Is, I mean, he told they're going to do it across the river This guy told the Jersey. CFO uh, uh, that, he was that he was fine I with the 5%. Challenge you to a he, duel. he told the CFO he's fine. This is insane. This man told the CFO, Ned Siegel, and then Paris trying to do his best. They got a uh, lot of, new, pro they got a lot yeah. of new products. Well, you're not buying anything I'm selling. No, well, I mean, the stock is moving up because, again, the, uh, the likelihood that he's going to be forced to do the deal. We don't know. A five-day trial, October 17th. I haven't been here for a couple of weeks to talk about various things that have happened. But really, the only thing that there is a focus on in the market right now is, is there a chance they'll settle? And then also the other thing that people are focused on is Tesla's stock price because that's right. given them a little more cover. It does. Tesla it keeps moving up. It's a $927 billion market value now at Tesla. But did you, um, did you he get would a need to, to sell the... more Tesla shares? Yes, he does. If did... he were to, because remember, he got rid of so much of the... He's got the financing 13 but, bill, but the rest of it. But Brett Taylor uh, it, it, it is the chairman of Twitter. But he has been doing a lot of the work letting Paragagwal run the company. Yes, yes. he's and been leading the week, charge in terms the of dealing with this. Very long pleading about Musk's erratic behavior uh, was stunning. Stunning. The charges that Musk has made against this company are just. Well, let's put it this way. You know, you'd almost think it's like a criminal enterprise or something. Completely. Well, as we say, they're going to get their day in court unless, of course, something were to occur before then. Okay, so you and I agree up. with that, that it's so that the uh, chancellor could indeed say, yeah, you got to buy You've it. heard me say that well, many times. Well, I, just, I bring it up yes. because everybody else at the, it, that I read and talk about doesn't believe that, except for you and me. Uh, uh, and well, the 10 lawyers that I speak to, all of them said it's a done deal. That's the thing. I mean, you talk to the lawyers for the most part, all those who are deal. uninvolved, and they do believe it's... There is a, a likelihood. Now, again, we got to wait. We got to see what the evidence is. Are you anything about Elliott and PayPal and Pinterest? Um, no, I haven't heard anything more than what's been out there. I was sorry that I didn't report on PayPal some time back because yeah, there was a lot of options activity. I was hearing about it. This was before we knew that there was potential activist in there. What's going to happen there, Jim? Is it is it done and over with with the buyback or is Shulman out? Shul no, I, I that is a really good question. I mean, Shulman very active running the company. Yeah. Uh, and Elliott Partners has said that they're happy with Shulman. Yeah. Shulman has said they're happy with Elliott. Now, traditionally, okay. happy, that happy. when they're, well, when they put those statements out, they mean it. Yep. And uh, I think that the Dan's quarter, Dan Shulman's, the PayPal was the last bad quarter off of eBay. They actually, the cadence of the quarter was quite good. Right. Uh, now, also, David, Pinterest because Elliot bought a big piece of them and because the, because Ben Silverman has basically no longer in charge. Pinterest had an amazing quarter in the sense that it has 400 million people mm -hmm. on it, but it can't charge. And they need a, you know, they really need what I would call a system akin to PayPal. Right. That would be ideal for Pinterest. And then Pinterest could resume its, uh, if you could, like right now, if you go to Pinterest and it's got something about, say, Italian villas, you cannot, you have to go to um, Abercrombie and Kent or Red Savannah if you want to rent those. You can't go to Pinterest. What's so funny? Uh, you're just funny. All right, let's, I want to talk about Palantir as well. It was a name that uh, once was amongst those growth companies, of course, when it went public, remember, and it's a direct listing, uh, Palantir. It's below 10. Um, it Ugly. had already been down sharply during the year, but that was not enough, not enough to reflect what were not good numbers 
uh, nor an outlook that is being uh, well uh, accepted by the market. Yes, yes, um, yes. For the third quarter, they now expect revenue of about 475 million bucks, adjusted income from operations of 55 million. And uh, again, the revenue numbers of, let's call it 1.9 billion for the full year, and income from operations of 341 to 343 million uh, is not what the market had been or investors had been hoping for, Jim. Yeah, I mean, um, not a lot here. We've had the call. Um, but I don't have a lot to share from it. I mean, there's a strong dollar, and I guess in retrospect, when we think about what Bill, Bill McDermott said a while ago on uh, Mad Money, that the strong dollar hurts, it, yeah, this is another thing you didn't think could, that technology should be hurt by. Remember, technology had seemingly been immune from other parts of the of that have hurt the economy. In other words, totally secular growth. Right. So a do- the dollar shouldn't matter, and the slowing of the economy shouldn't matter, and the Fed shouldn't matter. But they're all coming into play because it tells me, even though I, I want to be long-term bullish and constructive, it tells me that there's a lot of undercurrents, which just says, you just, just wait till unemployment gets bad. And yeah. you know that the Fed can't win until they break wage inflation. It's not just enough to break oil. What do you got? I can go. No, you got no, stuff no, I no. can't get. No, no, thing. no. I'm just making sure there's nothing great, of great importance coming I'm in doing on the, same the text thing too. line there. Uh, Palantir shares, as you saw, it, down over 14 percent. It has not been in, by any means a strong performer, no. really, ever since the early days after its direct listing. Uh, they do say, by the way, uh, their revised guidance does exclude any new major U.S. government awards. Remember, they are, of course, uh, the Department of Defense is one of their, or has been certainly through history, right. one of their right. clients. Right. Um, all right, let's move on to Carlisle if we can, because this is a company sure. I know fairly well. Done a number of interviews with its former CEO, Kyusong Lee. Uh, this is a surprise this morning. Interestingly, at Carlisle, which of course, remember, was a founder led organization for many years, Conway, Rubenstein, um, they had him sign a five year contract. And so when your contract's up, you got to negotiate a new employment contract. And apparently, during the course of that, uh, discussion. Uh, my understanding is essentially the two sides were not really in agreement in terms of the strategic direction of the company. Uh, the release itself doesn't say that specifically. It simply says they agreed to, uh, as part of their discussions, the timing is right to initiate a search for a new CEO to lead Carlisle forward in its next phase of growth. So he steps down immediately. Um, and one of the old founders steps up uh, Conway steps up. He will be, for now, interim uh, you know, CEO uh, and the like. Uh, but they're going to have a search committee. They're going to try to find a permanent successor. That's what I'm hearing, Jim. Well, is, essentially, it's a classic story, sort of the, the old guard kind of still involved. They own 22% of the company. You know, he may have been pushing too far too fast in terms of changing but, the way that Carlisle did business. This was typically wait, a lar- an LBO company, right. and then obviously, like so many others, changing its profile to become a lot more than that, moving aggressively into fixed income markets in terms of raising money and other potential and other investment areas. But David, we struggle because when we think of, say, firings in sports, uh, we know that there's something very wrong if it's a weekend firing. Yeah. It just seems like this is a, uh, a shocking thing for a very large firm that I've regarded as being incredibly well run. And it still may yeah, be. I'm but they've not had a history, that, you know. Uh, remember Glenn Youngkin, now the uh, governor of Virginia, yes. was in there as its CEO for some time, but he was not 
you know, and Mike Cavanaugh, our CFO at Comcast, had a cup of coffee there for a while. Was thought perhaps to be ascending to a leadership position. Q Lee, um, it's still the old guys. I mean, you know, um, Conway and and Rubenstein and you know the others who are obviously putting still have a great deal of influence there. All right, well, we'll see. The market more. not responding particularly positively. No. Can't blame them. No, no news. No CEO announced. No real discussion of, well, how are you guys seeing the world differently than Mr. Lee was in terms of how you're going to position the business? Um, we'll keep an eye on it, but right. an interesting and unexpected change at the top there. It's unexpected again. NVIDIA only down 11, but like we spoke during the break, when you have a stock that has come down from 346, it may not be as revelatory because of the great reset. Well, and, but and I, that's I, the interesting I'm concerned thing about the Nvidia. industrial. The side. market had already been adjusting for its expectation well, of of a warning, of a no. of a miss. But AMD did not talk about that much weakness in gaming. I think that uh, that it is great that Nvidia ha- is able to say, okay, listen, we're not a gaming company. I did not like that there were other businesses that was there were weak and a big charge taken uh, about supply chain. Because I'm not, you know, they had to pay up for certain things. This is the big reset. At the same time, David, you don't want to see it. My Chapel Trust owns it. I don't want to see this. But it's also not revelatory. And it did sell a lot of stock because what was it, heck was it doing at $750 million? You want more revelatory things? Why is J&J not down if the, Medi- if the, if the Medicare is really going to negotiate? Now, the company that is hurt the most is Bristol-Myers. And why is Bristol-Myers up? Is it just chimerical? Does it not matter? I mean, I know that the top 10 well, drugs now are, I mean, a lot of the drugs said that were, they're going to be off patent. It's off not until 26. But if you're. But it does open the door to negotiate the government negotiating right. and that's drug very prices. Big. And they're the biggest buyers. So that's, that's a very huge big. Uh, potential impact. I am looking at names like First Solar, which got an upgrade this morning of almost 10%. No, I mean, uh, again, is on it, the other provisions of this bill, which will. Uh, reward people uh, in terms of significant tax breaks for putting bit. solar panels, hey, you know, using them, and for utilities moving more towards providing a- the and energy. And GE is up because of that one-week division. Maybe they do. Right? You know, that is knee-jerk. That yeah. division is very weak. The power division yes. is very weak. Yes. But uh, I think people want to play this in the way that we used to do. We're, we're going to have a lot more analysis of what the bill. Have? No, we're, we'll have Are more we? analysis of the bill it, as we move must. along. It's uh, a Jim. must. I did want to hit one big deal this morning, and it's a sizable LBO. Vista, of course, one of the bigger. I thought this was a very interesting yeah, $8.4 billion. Avalara, it's a, a leading provider of tax compliance automation for businesses of all sizes. $8.4 billion uh, deal. You can take a look at that stock because it is going to, it is up, as you might expect, of course. Uh, they're talking about it being a 27% premium over the uh, closing price of July 6th. There had been some reporting on this name. And actually, it's not up, excuse me. It is down in part because there had it, been an expectation it, it, well, yeah. of a deal. Um, what is interesting and a question that, that I continue to get and that's out there is the financing markets. How open are they for deals of this kind? Right, right. How big's the equity check here? But David, I don't have great, I don't have all full visibility, but I can tell you I'm told that Roughly speaking, two and a half billion in financing here. So, a large potential equity check of almost six billion in wow. total. Uh, but I, don't hold me to but that. David, but these that's... deals have put a bottom in, in enterprise software. Enterprise software bottomed. 
when Toma Bravo started buying a lot of these. Now, this is yeah. a pure enterprise. So what's interesting is, is that if you are worried about the IRS investigating your, not just your company, you might want to be in this album. Now, I don't know if this has been in the works for a while, but what does matter is these stocks stopped going down. And they had been the really, the enterprise software companies had been the Achilles heel of, this, of the tech market. And they've stopped going down. And the one that you really have to pay attention to to see that it stopped going down is Salesforce. Salesforce stopped going down. Dream, now Dreamforce. Does that mean it's going up, up or it just stopped going down? No, it's going up. And Mark, you know, Mark Benioff's back in the saddle, just come back from Indonesia. Um, David, what happened in NVIDIA? Uh, anyhow, uh, when it comes to financing, there is about two and a half billion for the Avalara deal. Um, we got a lot more for you, including well, the exclusive. Could be down eight? It's fantastic. Yeah, look, he's excited. DoorDash CEO Tony Chu, that excites you too. You're, that's an interview Tony, you're bringing to us. Well, as well, we've got to talk about competition over in Europe. All right, not everything's well. We will. We'll do that. We'll talk about a lot more. Stay with us. Oh, so let's give you a quick yeah, bond report. Yeah, <laughs> Treasuries this morning. There's the yields, uh, 30-year, 3.013, but you can see that two-year well above it at 3.2. We're back after this. Well, DoorDash has been flying, David. And yeah. Posted, that's because they posted uh, record order growth. Company raised its full-year order forecast despite softer consumer spending. Uh, and this, what we really have to do is drill down about whether people are what it matters for people at home or not at home. So joining us now in a CNBC exclusive interview, is DoorDash CEO and co-founder Tony Shu. Tony, it is so I'm so glad that you're on. There's a lot happening at your company. Absolutely, it's so great to be with you guys. All right, so uh, it, it's obvious that business is terrific, and a lot of the smaller guys uh, are going away. I want to be sure that the that you're going. I don't know how much you're really going for cash flow. Say what uh, what, what they're doing over at Uber, and how much you're just going to subsidize your European operations, which could be great, but right now are let's say expensive. Well, I, I would say a few things. You know, first, I mean, DoorDash has always been a very disciplined company that has always you know beat its top and bottom line guidance. I mean, in fact, you know, from a bottom line perspective, we've been cash flow positive for several quarters in a row now. And so, you know, for us, we've always been able to show those profits in the core U.S. restaurants business, which has allowed us to make investments, whether it's our non-U.S. operations overseas or our investments into new categories like grocery and convenience, which are growing in triple digits. All right. Well, you're up against some when you go into grocery, you go, you're up against uh, some other companies like Instacart that's, uh, that is very much involved, which very well capitalized. Obviously, uh, we know that that Uber wants to be in everything. I was surprised, Tony, that there haven't been more of a drop off in that particular business because it's so competitive. Uh, can you really make money away from just traditional uh, restaurant delivery? We think so. I mean, I mean, I, I think you have to think about it from you know two perspectives. You know, on, on one hand, we have to look at just how early the penetration levels are 
in these categories. I mean, as the market leader here in the U.S. in restaurant delivery, we're just 8% of sales. And when you look at us outside of restaurant food, we're less than 1% of grocery and convenience spend. And so there's a long runway ahead. And then on the other side, you know, I look at the performance and the progress that we've made, you know, adding over 80,000 stores to the platform in just the 12 months leading up to the second quarter alone. And so we're making lots of progress and adding to the selection of our platform. We continue to you know, add to our Dash Pass membership program, which is now at all-time highs. And as a result of increasing the selection, the quality, and the affordability of our platform, we continue to see record growth, as you saw reflected in our results. Well, Tony, you can really help me here. Uh, there are very few companies that were big in, uh, during the COVID period that are still big. I was surprised at how strong your numbers are even after people are now going back to work and going out. Uh, were you surprised to see that when COVID kind of ran its course that your numbers actually improved? Well, I think the resilience in our business, you know, has been here to stay. And, and you've seen this not just in the second quarter results, but in the results, you know, ever since COVID started subsiding, you know, maybe a year ago or, or depending on when you want to measure the statistic. I mean, we've, we've just seen strength to strength in terms of our growth. And I think that's for a few reasons. You know, first, I mentioned our product continues to get better. Second, we're still in the earliest innings of the penetration of just the restaurant category alone. And third, I think when you look at this from a macro or historical you know, perspective, food is just a very resilient category. In fact, in the last 60 years, you know, food spend has only gone down twice. You know, and that's been through you know, several ups and downs in terms of economic cycles. And then I think when you add on top the other investments that we're making, whether it's our Volt business, which we're super excited to have officially closed, I mean, that's growing 50% year on year, which is you know, far multiples ahead of its peers overseas in Europe. And then you look at the growth in you know, the new categories of grocery, convenience, retail. I mean, all of these things combined, we're building the defining business in local commerce. Tony, it's David. You know, you mentioned, of course, some of those statistics in terms of food spend, but I have to uh, uh, believe you're still focused on so-called macroeconomic headwinds. Uh, I mean, we're seeing it this morning from NVIDIA when they're talking about gaming. Um, are you concerned? Are you still looking? But why are you not seeing perhaps those macroeconomic headwinds that others have cited? Yeah, David, we've been looking for many quarters now. In fact, you know, as early as the fall of 2020, I was starting to, you know, speculate and 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 think about possible consequences of all of the stimulus that went into the economy to kind of keep it up during the pandemic. But obviously, that's going to have ripple effects, which we're starting to see now. And those inflationary pressures are very, very real. I mean, that's why, you know, the way we thought about it is to invest back into our audiences. I mean, we invested in just the second quarter alone $40 million, making sure that we're giving bonus programs to keep the profits of dashers, you know, just as high as they were pre-pandemic. And that's exactly what we've done. And we've done that in addition to improving the efficiency of our logistics so that we've even seen improving profitability as a business, even though we're continuing to invest back into our audiences. I think from a consumer demand perspective, as echoed in some of the things that we just talked about, I mean, I think what you're seeing is just as people are going out to eat, it's still very complimentary to ordering takeout because when you're in the mood you know, right. to go out, that's just a very different use case than when you're trying to order in. So as people are going back out, they're continuing to order in as well. You know, Tony, one of the things that, is doing, that Uber's doing really right is Drizzly. 
uh, I know you and I had talked about the idea that there's different, uh, really different rules per different counties, per different states, but this is a home run. And I'm surprised uh, that it was. And I think, I want to know whether you were thinking, maybe you think you need to be in that liquor business. Well, we've been delivering other categories, including alcohol, for many years now. In fact, you know, while we haven't broken this out, I think third-party reports would just show the size and strength of some of our third you know, some of our categories outside of restaurants, which are you know far outperforming you know those of our peers. And so we continue to see but that it's strength. Third just, it's third party. It's third party, Tony. Yeah, it's it, it, it is. I mean, you know, our, our business, again, is about doing two things. One, bring everything inside the neighborhood. So third party stores to you in minutes, not hours or days. And then two, we're also helping these same stores build the same capabilities that we built for our own marketplace so that they can create their own digital operations. But why don't you why don't you put it underneath your earnings like like Uber does? I mean, actual specifically Drizzly, they break out everything. Well, Jim, I mean, it's I mean, been a whole, right, Uber, it's been really terrific for Uber. I don't understand why you don't break it out the way they do. Well, we, we've been building this business, you know, for many years now in which we're trying to bring everything inside the neighborhood to you in minutes, not hours or days. And, you know, for us, it's making sure that we stay focused on our audiences. And I think as a result, you know, the business and the results will take care of themselves. Well, I think that's true. It's just that, you know, you know how I feel about what you guys do. You guys were terrific during the pandemic, helping restaurants like mine. But I just wish that you would show exactly how much you make because it would really be terrific. Anyway, Tony, thank you for coming on. Tony, who is this, Tony Chu, who, Chu is the CEO of DoorDash. Thank you, Tony. It's great to be with you also guys. the founder. Yeah, I can remember when, uh, when they weren't public. No, I know. Them. The reason um, I'm focused on liquors is, is that Uber said that it's just such a right. No, I know. Drizzly. Uh, real quick, Jim, um, no, we, we got to a lot this morning, but there's always more. You're going to be able to come back to it on Mad. What global, else you got? Global, uh, global uh, foundries up very big yeah. off of this meeting with Ford and ABAT in Washington, a summit, which I think does matter very much. People okay. should be taking a look at that. Tonight, I've got Net, which has a terrific number, Matthew Prince, and John Pfeiffer, uh, Oshkosh, which did not have a terrific number. Uh, because of supply chain shortage, military orders. Uh, uh, let's just say they hit, were hit by everything that has been hitting some of these cyclical economies. Yeah. Uh, NVIDIA. Right. I'll you know, see you later. Nothing. Right over there. Nothing. NVIDIA. Nothing. No, NVIDIA shares are only down 4.7%. we got a lot more for you that we will continue to stay on top of. Of course, that warning from NVIDIA, uh, a revenue warning as well, largely focused on gaming. Keep it here. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.